Welcome to the Mormons and Drugs podcast, the the not-so-weekly podcast wherein I discuss the shockingly frequent intersections of Mormonism, magic, and drugs. I am Cody, the tired pizza cook, history fan, uh, ranty host. Joining me as always is co-host and producer Moth Dua. How you doing, Moth? I'm good. Also joining us, uh, we have our second guest. We promised guests and we're delivering. Delivered! Shockingly. Uh, is is brandon how you doing brandon hey good thank you for having me i'm excited to be here even though it wasn't supposed to be in person (laughs) (laughs) well it was and then there was there was a slight miscommunication probably on my part i but we we, we worked out i was having sound issues and miraculously this this kind of turned into a thing so it's way better this way it worked out It does. It does feel much better with you in the room too. No, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have ditched him. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be talking to mostly sleeping and playing with a puppy <laughs> or moth. Moth. Where I'll bleep out your just beep beep. <laughs> um, so we're pretty deep into things. Uh, we just got past Kirtland. Actually, this is one of the first times. So the dynamic of this podcast is kind of like uh, me. Mormon, ex-Mormon uh, person talking to per- somebody who knows li- little to nothing about Mormonism. Uh, this is the first time we're Brandon. You actually, um, yeah. you know a lot about Mormonism. This is the first time we've had someone who knows their shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know as much as as you, Cody. Uh, you, but... but you were like you went on your mission and stuff, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I have a full full on Mormon background. So yeah, raised. I grew up in the Bay Area. Come from a Mormon family. Six kids. I'm number five. Oh, and uh grew up fully active and did everything in the church uh went on my mission i didn't want to but i didn't tell anybody and i went <laughs> and it was really hard and then i went to byu after and oh wow you did yeah, it all i did it all you yeah i got married the in the boxes. temple <gasps> yeah oh everything and i even served in a bishopric yeah see now i left before i turned 18 and so I never did a lot of the temple stuff. I obviously know about the temple. I would actually, yeah. maybe we should do a tangential rant episode where we just talk about temple stuff. We could. We could. It would probably do me some good. Experience, <laughs> like it, f- having actually done it uh-huh. versus just having read about it and seen like YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would be, I've never thought about it from that angle, yeah, but I would yeah. love to talk to you more I about the temple. I can take you through the veil right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a, that sounded oddly sexual. <laughs> It was very on point for Joseph, I think, though. <laughs> I'm not saying no. We were just, I was just pointing out. <laughs> um, so we're, uh, yeah, so like, feel free to stop. And if you if do you, you really uh, want to talk about the temple, I would love to talk about the temple. Okay. We just did the Tur- Kirtland Temple dedication. Yeah. Um, we might need to do like a separate tangential rant because I could, I could talk about this for like a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this like straight up. I was. Who was I talking to the other day? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, I wrote a book, and I and I, I it's not published, but I'm working with an editor right now, and she gave me like a review after reading it. And one of the things she asked, she says like, "You need to talk more about Mormonism in your book." And I said, "I, I thought that I did. I cut a lot of stuff out." And she's like, "Is there anything you wouldn't talk about?" And I said, "I talk about anything, but I think there are certain things in the temple I'd still have a hard time saying. I don't know if I'd say them." Okay. Yeah. Well, I I respect yeah. those boundaries. And I'm not I, trying to put up the boundary either. It's like a mental thing with me, you know. Well, like, I I'm, think it. I think even just for me, it would be fun to see where those where's yeah. the where's the touchy spots. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna push. I just. Oh. Okay. Do you know why they're touchy? It's because. Oh man, this is. This is the part that fascinates me. Cause yeah. I'm not not a religious 
crevice in my body. Yeah, so. yeah. This is this is what's hard, and this is like, it's it's similar to like, I've been interested in joining like Freemasonry, which I've never done. I was invited to join a different organization, which I didn't do. That's like an offshoot of Rosicrucianism, and and I don't like the idea of like having to promise something and then you can't tell it. And even if I like promise to tell this thing that I don't believe in, I feel like if I talk about it or I say it, I'm breaking my word, you know, even if I don't believe in the promise that I'm keeping. Okay. And so like that's, and that's what's prevented me from like wanting to join a different organization is just, I don't want to have secrets. I don't want, right. I don't want, I want to find the things on my own. Even if I were to find things faster joining an organization, I don't like the fact that I can't talk about it with anybody because then it's making knowledge currency mm-hmm. and and i don't like that idea so it's your own morals <laughs> it's my own morals but like i i don't know if it's but, worthy to just keep that exactly yeah yeah, yeah. but still it's like but yeah. no yeah, that's i self. get that yeah. i get that, it that's fair. yeah 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 um, but i mean i'm totally willing to talk about whatever and we'll see what comes out <laughs> <laughs> okay well it's it, I, again i've um the only people i've ever got to talk to about the temple are like a handful of ex-mormons um who didn't really do any of that stuff yeah and then my my family and friends that I grew up around who are just like, this is not helpful in that regard. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Here's one other thought. One other reason why I haven't felt like talking about it. And I might be more okay now is that I never took my name off the records of the church. And so I didn't like the idea that if you reveal secrets of the temple, you're not going to get excommunicated unless you do it in a certain way. Like if I did it on a podcast or whatever, maybe you get excommunicated. <laughs> For example, but, I'm just throwing out it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the idea of the church having the power to excommunicate me. And hmm. um, so I didn't like the idea if I violate certain rules, which which I've violated many Mormon rules since leaving the church, but I don't think I don't think I've done anything worthy of excommunication. But like the idea that they could excommunicate me bothered me. And so I recently, just a couple of weeks ago, officially put in my paperwork to get my name removed from the records of the church. Congratulations. <laughs> but it's, it's not official yet. It's been submitted. I got an email about that, but I haven't. It's not official. So, but now they can't excommunicate me. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. T- you took your power back. Yeah. I like took it. Your exactly. Power back. Yeah. <laughs> we've, uh, we've actually got an email from uh, a person who, oh, who has since also... <laughs> uh, just filed their paperwork after listening to some episodes. So shout out to you all who will remain nameless, yeah, but, but we um really I I fully our, support that move. Yeah, really made our month. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And the, you had no indication. Like I imagine they were someone on their way out if they're listening to your podcast. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. yeah. I don't um, think anyone is and it sounded is. like they hadn't been involved for a long time. Similarly, yeah. just like you just hadn't really gone through the motions and right. the, it's a big whatever step. it is, it is a yeah. big step. And that, that's pretty sweet to have played a part in that. Was, I, I don't know, but it, I just enjoy. It's I I, I enjoy getting to see people that uh, are finally taking that step. Yeah. Uh, because I do think it is. There's but a lot of like trauma healing. Yes, yeah, and you're taking really, your power yeah. back. I believe yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you don't have this over me anymore. To me, it was like I've thought about it for a long time. My partner, she's done it. Um, uh, luckily, neither of my kids were were um, blessed in the church, so they don't have any records in the church at okay. all. And um, but I I just didn't want to do it. And then I was in a therapy session a week or two ago and it was in the middle of the session i was just like i gotta do this right now and i didn't say it to him it was just like we're talking about something else i'm like mm. i've just got to do it mm. after this call i gotta do it and then then i did it 
you have to get a notarized signature, which you can do online now. I was about to say <laughs> yeah, that really? I, I'm yeah. familiar with the automated process. To how did you particularly do this? So you, you, there's just for a anyone website. who might be listening and want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real, for real. Yeah. So it's easy to get a notarized signature. I just like said, can, I didn't even know. Can you get a Google? Can you get a notarized signature online? And then there's a link, and it's twenty five dollars. It's like if you search really hard, you'll get it for twenty. Okay, but it's like <laughs> twenty five dollars. And then you go to the website, you put in your basic info, and then you click a button. And it says searching for a notary right now. And I waited like 10 seconds. And then suddenly some woman popped up. You have a video call with her. She happened to be in Las Vegas. And her what? name was uh, Norma Jean Becker, which is close to Norma Jean Baker, which is Marilyn Monroe's <laughs> name. Yeah. She didn't look anything like Marilyn uh. Monroe. But <laughs> anyway, she, if she if she gets your records too, or she if she notarizes your signature... Say hello for me. Right? <laughs> From Brandon. Yeah. Brandon sent me. She's like, all of a sudden, I got all these Mormons wanting to... Like, and what happened? It's really weird. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> there's a... Uh, I guess I should have looked that up. But yeah, there's a, there's even a... Um, there's a group of lawyers that put up a website that was like, I think it's like quitmormon.com. Yeah, that's what I used. Oh, that's it? Okay, okay, so we're talking through all the steps right now. Yeah, you go to quitmormon.org or okay. .com. You sign up really easy. And then to give you the paperwork, you have to get the notarized signature, which is the hoop the church has made you jump through now because they always make an extra hoop. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to be next. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. you can get that notarized signature online. It's still easy. And then um, then you can donate to Quit Mormon. Like you can give them money to keep keep going. And uh, I think that's that's you know a ni nice thing to do. And uh, It's like a pay by donation kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. free for everybody. Yes. But if you have the means to do so, to please donate yeah. after you... Uh, get out yeah yeah um cool well yeah congratulations on that step um we want to talk about the temple now <laughs> i was gonna say do we do we want to talk about the temple or do you want to do the uh do you want to well, just rant or do you want to I, I, well, we don't, I mean we could just talk about the temple we don't need to rant i mean because i think if we have that hook in the episode we're going to talk about the temple this episode <laughs> you know people are going to keep listening you know okay. but if we stop rambling too much which we will naturally do because that just happens okay so uh <laughs> the, so i only ever did this stuff as a teenager uh -huh. um so i only ever did like the, the baptisms by proxy yeah um uh, but when and i it's one of those things you don't think of as super crazy but when you explain it to somebody else who has never done it um so i like to say so for example moth when i was uh, uh a, a wee pup of about what is it you start at 12 you start at 12 so i was uh 12 years old um they have giant uh at the portland temple um they have giant life-size marble oxen um Point uh, three of them pointed in each of the cardinal directions. So there's 12 in total. They represent the tribes of Israel. It's this whole thing. On top of the backs of those oxen is a giant marble fountain, which is filled with holy water that they shuffle in little 12-year-old kids like me. Um, and then they have an adult uh, baptize you for dead people. So they they have like a list of names and they're just like, I blah, 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 baptize you in the name of... Uh, Wait, uh, so they dip in the yeah. kid. Yes, yeah. and then they... The they yeah. You yeah. as a 12-year-old kid are sitting in this giant magical palace made of marble and this adult is just repeatedly dunking you for someone who's dead. Or what yeah. are you wearing? Are you wearing All white. You All wear this like white jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And... And you, so in 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 uh, in theory, what you're doing is, uh, when people die, 
without having accepted the truth of of Jesus Christ. They they get to sit in like a purgatory kind of place, which is called spirit prison. <laughs> it's not negative. It's not negative at all. We just call it spirit prison for some reason. It's like it's like go to jail on um, Monopoly. You know, you're there for three turns. So so you have uh, kind of this like raffle thing that's going on where like you're in spirit prison and someone on the on the other side, our side, the material plane. Uh, gets your baptism work done in the temple so that you get baptism by proxy by this 12 year old kid so the 12 year old kid is you by proxy and god is, is there looking a reason at... they have to be 12 you're no. 12 to 80 like it, anybody can do yeah it, it has you to be have a to kid minimum no 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 it, it could, like you can be 90 okay yeah so anybody can do this yeah. but they yeah. choose to just use the 12 year old it's kind of like a special <laughs> thing that they use to induct the kids it's like in a rite of passage okay. special they're like you get to help these people yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. you go on these trips like once or twice a year with your youth group starting at 12 and then um but primarily it's it's like 12 year olds to college students that do this because they haven't gone through the endowment ceremony yet, which is the ceremony for adults. We'll talk about the endowment okay. ceremony yeah. in a minute. Okay, but, so but... They, they use you guys to do this stuff because you didn't get to do the other thing mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is how they kind of like bring you in. Um, and so <laughs> the theory just gonna... is. Your, it's already being... sounds super culty. Just, <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> no, I'd always, everybody always jumps to that. Um, but so um, the person in spirit prison. Then let's say there, uh, someone on the, in, I don't know, a guard in spirit prison is like, hey, someone on the other side did your baptismal work. Um, so you can now go to heaven if you accept Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but so, so they have to do something too. Well, they, what? you, you are you as you, it's just your spirit, it's your consciousness. So you are in spirit prison if you are like me. And you wake up after death and you're like, oh, God, they were right. <laughs> and someone says, hey, Cody, I did your uh, your your work on the other side, you heathen. Um, so you have a chance to be saved and go to heaven. And I lift my middle finger and tell you, go figgity fuck yourself. Um, I'm, I'm not going to your Aryan heaven. I'll kindly burn yeah. or, or like live in nothing in darkness. Um, even though you did my baptism work. I didn't accept it, so it doesn't matter. But the you did it, so I have the opportunity to say yes. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so you, so people, live people on Earth can do the baptisms as much as they want, however old they are. But the actual spirit has to say, yes. "Ding, yeah, so, yeah." So, the, so usually, what happens is like a Mormon convert comes in, and then they start doing their baptism work for all of their dead ancestors. So anyone they can figure out a name for, they submit that to the temple, and the temple like logs it in, and they do their baptism work for their dead ancestors. And that's part of becoming Mormon, is like doing your, your ancestral work. So why do they keep doing them over and over? They don't, because you, you keep doing it for new people, and some people, they, they do, like, they just, all they do is family history work. And they have like thousands of names well, that they researched. Yes, genealogy. Yes, yes. Okay. This is why they're into genealogy. So it's well, actually a huge reason why DNA testing is such a big like Mormons. So <laughs> hilariously, I don't know if you know this, Brandon. Um, Mormons uh, quietly dumped millions of dollars into DNA research because they thought that it would prove them right. They thought that if we could, if we can establish that the Native American population came from Israel and is in some way Jewish, because that's an easy marker because they're a matriarchal society, that's the DNA thing you test for, um, 
we can establish that we're right and that Native Americans are actually a, a Jewish ancestor. Um, it did nothing but prove the exact opposite, that Native Americans came across the Serbian land bridge and, like, <laughs> did not... They came from the opposite side of the planet and, like... You're talking, like, early days of DNA research. Yes, they were funding yes. it. Oh, Mormons, I, I had no idea. Mor Never Mormons that. quietly dumped millions of dollars into DNA oh. testing because they thought it would prove them right. <laughs> <It did. laughs> and then when it proved them wrong, they just quietly didn't ever say a word about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this kind of reminds me, like, on my mission, uh, there was this, this missionary I really liked who had all these books you weren't supposed to have on your mission, uh, which are <laughs> whatever. They're just like other Mormon books that aren't allowed. Anything that's yeah. not sanctioned. <laughs> and, and then he also saved a lot of anti-Mormon like literature. Twilight? she's heard me rail against twilight before so he had this book from this this anti-mormon guy um and and we were like thumbing through it and it gets to the section that's talking about the pearl great price and it says says something about how the the book of mormon papyri were found in some museum and uh, the person who found it uh, gave it to the Mormon church. And we're like, what? We never heard this before. And then we're like, stop. And it's like, that's so generous. Why would he have just given it to the church? And how come we've never heard of this? And then we continue. And it says, and he and, and, and the scrolls were translated. And they became they were translated as a book of the dead, which had nothing to do with the <laughs> translation purported by Joseph Smith. It's like, what? I, no, I've he wasn't, being, he wasn't being generous. He was dunking on them very, <laughs> <laughs> very effectively. <laughs> oh. Oh, guys, I know you don't know this because you don't actually know anything about Egypt or, you know, the Egyptian language. But here, this is actually a very common funeral rite from the book of, you know, it's a book of breathing. It allows you to breathe. Oh, my, oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, oh okay. Back back to baptisms for the dead. So in. And this is the lay of hands, right? So no. they have the laying out of hands and a lot of things in the church. They do the laying out of hands with baptism. So you get baptized, not just baptized, but they also give you the gift of the Holy Ghost after you're baptized. So you get baptized like 12 or 15 times if you're a teenager. So like, my, but it, it depends because like my first time they made a big deal. They were like, oh, we have so many names. We have so many spirits that want to get baptized. We have 50 names for each of you. And what? like, <laughs> no, I said at, at 12, like. Like ten little Mormon kids in this weird little you temple just room, laps, just like, what the heck? <laughs> no, it's it's an adult. You're standing in this like ten foot diameter um, marble fountain, and an adult is standing there with you. And you know you've seen somebody get baptized before, right? They just like I hold you by the arm. No. You haven't you watched Righteous well, Gemstones. Here. <laughs> okay, here, here, here. Okay. Switch places with me. I'll show you how it's done. Okay. Okay. So, oh, you've probably done. You've probably I, done I, this. Do okay. <laughs> okay. So there's a grip that you do. Yeah. And I've wondered if this is what the origin of this grip is because it's not from the temple or anything. I've never read it anywhere. But there's a specific grip that you do with your hands. Okay. Okay. So you put your hand there. Okay. I hold your wrist like this. Okay. Now, what what would happen if we're in the temple? Okay. Uh -huh. Basically, this is a big hot tub. The okay. water's really warm. It feels mm -hmm. good. It's okay. nice. Okay. And sitting right here is somebody that's called the witness. Okay. And he has like a little projector, a table in front of him just like this, but it has a, it has a stack of cards with names on it. And it has like a little prompter on it. And then, yeah, he slides a card and it shows up on a prompter. So oh. I read this prompter. Okay. And, and it, it has says, a pre-said prayer uh -huh. that's uh -huh. like a baptism prayer, but there's a little slot where he slides the name through. Oh. So it, it okay. changes. Yeah. The only thing that changes is the, but it's this say prompter. The prayer each time. Yeah. So I say the prayer each time. And so I say, 
so I say, well, what's, what's your first name? And then you say, Moth. And I'm like, okay. I say, Sister Moth. Um, wait, I say, what, what is it? Oh, my God. Um, in gonna... the commission of Jesus Christ, I baptize you for and in behalf of, and then you say oh. your dead ancestor's name, so which is I appearing the on the name. screen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. And so you say, uh, Josephina Johnson. So well, I, my last name's Dula. So. Okay, Josephina <laughs> Dula. <laughs> and then so you say that you okay. baptize you for on behalf of. Say the oh, name. Josephina Dula. Sorry, I would be who, so bad at this. Yeah. I'm like what? What? They, they're I'm not sorry, happy okay. when you get it and wrong. And then I say, who is dead? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then everybody else says Amen. Okay. And then, and then, then I put you, you under, and they pull you up. And then they put a new name in there, and I read it. I Josephina Dula. No, no, sorry, I don't say it again. So as, so as a 12-year-old, my first time, I did that so 50 times. So they have to be times. able to read. That's why they don't do the younger kids. <laughs> yeah, that's why, yeah, probably I, I why mean, you're 12. I, no I have no idea why it's 12. Well, The, the reason it's 12 for boys, well. okay. it might be, but it's like because the boys get the priesthood at the age of 12. So they have a rite of passage, but girls don't. Nothing happens to them. So you don't, it's not a requirement to have the priesthood to go to the temple. It's just so why, so do why they, 12? Do they also do? Are they also able to do that? Yeah, uh, they can't. They can't do what I did. So but, but, only, but, only men. but they can. You can baptize them for the dead. Yeah, like a and girl so, can read the name and do that. But a girl has to for a girl. Yeah, Mormonism is very gendered. <laughs> Everything is male or female. No ifs, ands, or buts. So if you have a proxy. That ha- and you need to baptize a female, you have to have a female proxy. There is no messing around with that in Mormonism. Yeah. Which is part of the reason Wait, why there's so... Wait, so a girl so... can only read a girl name? Yep. Yes. Oh, but you have to have a man oh, oh, do oh, the oh, ceremony. Do you want to? <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I just... But you have to have a man do the ceremony. The man is the one that holds the priesthood and has the authority to do all of that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, no, no women getting authority. I, I got that. <laughs> no, wait, wait. I, I got. got I got to tell you where the women got the authority in this thing. Is at one point in like the last ten or fifteen years, women were allowed to put the piece of paper in front of the projector. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on up. Roll over, <laughs> Susan B. Anthony, watch out! Women really throwing you all a bone there. (laughs) God, they keep complaining about this. Oh my god! Will you guys just shut up? (laughs) You can read the names. (laughs) We taught you to read. Jeez! I told you this would happen once we taught them to read. (laughs) So when when we were in Australia, this uh. So my partner, she started meeting with a cult therapist, and it was a uh, it was this this realization that she had. We were on MDMA one night, and she had this. She says, "This is what I need to do. This is what you need to do, Brandon. I need to start meeting with a cult therapist. You need to get on anxiety medication." It's like I've never been on medication. I won't go off on that or whatever. But it, but anyway, she we both did it. We both did it. She started meeting with a cult therapist, and I tried medication. So. Um, when she, uh, met with the cult therapist, he was a, a Orthodox Jew, hmm. like very Orthodox, like had, had wore a yarmulke. He had Orthodox clothing. He had the curls. He had a long beard. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a rabbi, okay. but he was something. And he, he, uh, like knew a lot about Mormonism. And then there was one point where it came up baptisms for the dead. And he like got mad and he's like saying how terrible what they've done to holocaust victims this is so blasphemous and so offensive as a jew you know and he like he has a cult therapist who understands like 
deep dark cults uh-huh. breaks character to tell my partner how bad it is what they're doing at the Mormon temple. Well, well, in particular, so this is a a point of contention, especially Holocaust victims. Mormons read about this and are like so moved, like I have to do their work, you know. Um, and in particular, Anne Frank is a really bad one. Um, Anne Frank, I believe I I'd have to do the research, but I I just off the top of my head, after ten years later. Uh, having researched this, if memory serves, I believe <laughs> Anne Frank has been her baptismal work has been done over twelve times. Yeah, yeah. Um, despite her family hearing about this and petitioning the church to be like, "Hey, our daughter, our our, our ancestor died in the Holocaust." As like, don't do this. This is this is actually like really disrespectful of you. Um, and. Don't and they've they've like sued the church to get them to stop doing it, and the church has done nothing but double down and just like doing it again. Got to get her baptism work done <laughs> and get again in case you know in case that legal thing confused God. We got to do it again. It's, it's like the first time I'd heard of that like was in church history class at BYU about how a lot of famous people have had their temple work done a bunch of times, and you can look up names online and see who's had. Your temple work done, and I looked up one time. I can't remember what Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix's birth name is. It's Jesse something, I think. And looked it up. He'd been baptized like six times. Yeah, you know. So uh, and a, a sim- to a, <laughs> on a similar note, um, a lot of uh, Native American graves. So like when when Mormons came across the the plains and started settling on the West Coast, a lot of Native American graves were desecrated because they're the main characters of their favorite book. And so they found all these Native American graves and were like, oh, I'm just going to take all this stuff and do your baptism work and <laughs> it'll be cool. Um, and so there's this much like, um, you know, you know, everybody has like a grandpa or an uncle who's like weird about collecting Nazi memorabilia or something. Mm. Um, there's an undercurrent in Mormonism of of like trading Native American memorabilia. Uh, oh, dude, Whoa. it's weird. And I've... Maybe it was just the the kind of clicky area I grew up in, but there was like, there was like a a, a weird Mormon black market in Native American stuff that they all knew was not cool that they had well, because it was a hush hush. We don't talk about this, but like, hey, I actually have a Native American skull that I okay, uh, that's my what grandpa you, found. So you're talking about human bones, oh, human remains. Oh, like. Peace pipes, like, oh, oh, like peace pipes. I'm talking Jeez. about like uh, oh, I'm not gonna name any names, yeah. um, but I knew a bishop whose dad, as a kid in Pacific Northwest, uh, came across what I think was a a, a very sacred burial site, <laughs> and um, not only desecrated it by like tearing it apart, but just like took whatever he wanted. He filled a backpack and um, a mason jar full of arrowheads, uh, and then took it back home with him. And that's he used to trade air that like he was the guy to get arrowheads from. Because and and the other thing was that after he found this, he went back to that place and looted all of the graves he could find because there were a bunch of graves uh, that they'd. They they would bury their their um de- their like special burial sites where 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 they would put you in your canoe and then put the canoe in the tops of the trees and that was like your your grave, and so he found all these like 
these like sacred burial sites up in the tops of these trees so we'd climb the trees and then like loot them wait 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 okay so many things i've never heard before okay okay Okay, but he was there's similar to this and why it's not okay (laughs) why there's this weird undercurrent of mormons who are like no this is totally fine because like it's cool on the other side and like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it's probably but there's more a to lot of people who are like, Mormon. "This is not okay," and this is super disrespectful. Well, I mean, there, there are so okay. Your cult okay. needs to stop, guys. Wait, how is he? Okay, I just I have so many questions about this story. It's fascinating. Okay, but how does he find a burial site? How do you just like how in the last fifty years do you just find a burial site? That's well, been this was more like nineteen forties, fifties. Okay, but this is this was more like when um. There was a lot of <sighs> Oregon was very different, uh, even when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, hearing my grandpa tell stories about Oregon when he moved up here, like after the Great Depression, it, it was a fucking wild place. Like there were, uh... and the the reservation areas were different, and like there were, you could go and watch like natives like fish off cliff sides and stuff. Like there was a, it, it was oh, very different wow. back then, and there was still areas that were relatively untouched. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not the case today. Um, and mostly because of assholes like that who who went around just desecrating burial sites. Well, actually, we've talked about Mormons desecrating Native American burial sites. Zelf, Zelf the Native American race war action hero that tur- <laughs> that went from dark to white, uh, we've highlighted before. So there's a, there is a precedence for uh, Mormons thinking that this is okay because their favorite guy, Joe, uh, did it. Um, the Kinderhook plates, actually, which we'll get into later, um, are another incident I, I of this. I held a Kinderhook plate. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 for I real. I am nerding out so hard. <laughs> okay, so... How did so that happen? I found out about the Kinderhook plates. I was still fully practicing Mormon, and but, like, not believing. Anyway, I won't go into that whole story right now. But anyway, okay, so... I was in Chicago and very quickly because I know I know Moth is probably confused. The Kinderhook plates. I we won't we, <laughs> just to summarize to summarize very briefly. Yeah. Um. Someone heard about Zelf the Lamanite, uh, and was like, and was already disenchanted with Joe. Didn't like him. Forged these brass plates to make it look like a like another book in the Book of Mormon. Uncovered a Native American grave. I'm using air quotes right now. Um, but desecrated another Native American grave and planted these plates and like basically made this this, this like miraculous dream found discovery that Joe just ate up, ate yeah. up, and then he validated the plates and was just like, oh god, this is it. We're gonna, whew, I'm gonna make another Book of Mormon now, and and then it came out much 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 later that it was an absolute f- fabrication and that there's no way that these were any older than like the 1800s and the dude who made them was very pointedly like no i made them to mess with joe because oh, okay. fuck him yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, you <laughs> so you held one of these I plates held one. i held one so i i found out about it i don't remember how i originally found out about it but like then i read it the wikipedia entry on it and did like a little bit of research and i'm like okay if these were real where are they right now and and i was and i looked it up and they're at the chicago city museum um and it was like just like less than a mile from where i worked and so i emailed them i'm like hey um i i'd like to see the, your kinderhook plates if, if you allow people to because they run on display oh. and and then um then they emailed me back and said, okay you want to set up a date and i said yeah i want to come at this time i was working with another mormon guy he was my partner at work 
and told him about it. And both of us went together <laughs> into the museum. They took us into a back wow. room. Wow. Yeah, they had like this big file cabinet and they like looked for the right number. He pulled it out. He put some gloves on. He had one of the Kinderhook plates in his in his palm palm of his hand. It's really small. It's they're small. tiny. It's only yeah. about the size of the palm of your they hand. Kinda, like they kind of look, yeah, they're like a bell or like an axe head shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're not very big. And, and it has, if I remember right, it has like a hole at the top that once had a ring. But I think they claim that when they came out of the green, the, came out of the ground, the ring like just rusted apart. Mm-hmm. And all they had was like 10 plates. And so at least one of the plates is in Chicago. He he let me hold it. And then I was like, this is this is so cool. And then he's like, so he was like, so trying to be so respectful mm-hmm. of the faith. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so, so is this like a, like a holy moment for you? Is this like, <laughs> are these, <laughs> is this like. Do Mormons like think this is like really like special? And I'm like, no, I think almost no Mormons know that this these even exist. And, Actually, pointedly, and, most Mormons Mormons are meant not to know that these yeah. exist. And, 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 yeah. and it's like, and I know the history of them. You know that they were translated, or the, Joseph claimed to translate them, and then the guy said that he falsely made these. But this is like a big piece of Mormon history. It's really cool to have. So, um. Joseph claimed it was like the record of Ham, if yes. I remember right. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, so, oh god, so much, so problematic. If you listened to our uh, racism episode, <laughs> um, uh, Ham is a son of Noah who married Egyptus, uh, and who, because he laughed at his passed out drunken father Noah, um, was cursed forever by God uh, with his children being dark skinned uh and this is where all the population of africa comes from and and so the curse when you when you hear mormons talk about the curse of ham so like brigham loved to talk about the curse of ham and why it was okay for slavery to exist um ham is who he's talking about so why would the book be why would it be important for have to have the book written by him okay so just well so i want to know what you think about this because i had so many thoughts about it back in the day Oh, well, okay, my opinion, uh, for the same reason why Joseph procured Egyptian mummies who he didn't know who they were or belonged to, but immediately proclaimed that this is Joseph from the Bible, the dreamer, and Abraham, the the patriarch of every Abrahamic faith, that is, that is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Um, Abraham is the guy that started it all. So like you cannot find other than Jesus Christ himself you are or Moses like you're not likely to find another like or claim another person is more important than Abraham or Joseph. Ooh, Adam and would then, be amazing though. Adam would Okay. <laughs> okay. We, <laughs> go, you'd be hard pressed <laughs> to find somebody more impressive. Okay. Um and 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 so similarly um because at the at the time of the discovery of the Kinderhook plates, Joseph was dealing with a lot of pressure uh, because of his stance on <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> um, one of them being an abolitionist versus a, 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 a being okay with slavery. It just uh, there was a lot of nuance there. So the idea that he had discovered the lost book of Ham could potentially explain a lot of those issues he was trying to grapple at the time. Um, that's why I think okay. <laughs> he mm. he was proposing this was a book of ham because it could potentially silence a lot of his critics. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so I had but no idea about I this. tend to think he was a hard-boned con artist, so <laughs> I did, did take my opinion with a grain of salt. Um, I mean, so like back in the day, this will just like represent the mental gymnastics that 
had to be performed or have to be performed if you're currently doing it to to like justify mormonism so it's like i like almost certainly didn't believe it's like i didn't believe but it was like uh like i don't know what to do and so when i'd come across stuff like this the kinderhook plates it's like oh this was written this is the record of the descendants of ham and and um and i even think it says priesthood or something in there and i was like okay this this is weird because ham was uh black according to mormon beliefs and black well, people didn't have the priesthood well, no ham was white because he was noah's son he was cursed and allowed to have black children because his wife egyptian egyptus was black so he was cursed and this is again layering on that racism yeah, yeah. not just that he was he was white the curse was that your kids are going to be black okay okay and I, not I, only I, that I, your kids are going to be black but no one's going to want to fuck them and and then everyone's going to want to enslave them because they're different that's the curse yeah is that you're white and you have to live with this so that's the curse of hand that's <laughs> that's even okay. i'm sorry not to make a bad thing even worse but <laughs> yeah it's like i i i had never like put it together in that way at all mm. it was so confusing it was like the racism in the church because another thing is that this like the when I grew up, they didn't talk about ham. They didn't talk about 1978 very often because everybody was ashamed of it. Yeah. They didn't want to talk about it. And so it's like, you have to, you're like, okay, well, ham, kinder plates, who do I talk to about this? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay, I can only talk about it in my head. Part of the reason why I did an, an entire episode on the racism, as uncomfortable as it was, <laughs> um, was because after the 19, like when they changed the priesthood thing, after a century and a half of like institutionalized racism, they just quietly like swept it under the rug and were like, nobody ever talk about this ever again. And so then an entire generation or two generations of people, you and I yeah. like, grew up in this system of like, I'm reading about all this stuff. You can't really quiet it because it's 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 systemic to your religion. Um, so you can't but you can't talk about it. You can't question it. You can't do anything other than like read about it and be like. I'm sorry, I feel weird about this. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and you don't know who to talk to about it. I remember one time when I was like 15, 14 or 15, we had this fireside. And the bishop, he just stood stood in front of all the youth. And, okay, and a fireside is like, it's like, did you talk about firesides before? Okay, so like, <laughs> okay. okay, so once a month you have all the youth. When I say youth, that means like 12 to 18 year olds. Okay. They go to a member of Are the churches. Allowed? Yeah, okay. boys and girls okay, together. Just checking. And you wear kind of church clothes because it's in the evening on Sunday evening. And you go Is to that white jumpsuits. That's temple clothes. Okay. Church clothes oh, is like, oh, there's a so difference. like boys wear slacks. <laughs> is that the khakis? Okay. Slacks, <laughs> yeah. white, white shirt, right. tie. Shirt. Got girls, it. girls, like no spaghetti straps. No boobs or cleavage, like very modest, and a skirt or dress. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> yes. So you go to like a member of the church's house. It's usually one of the leaders in the in your congregation, and and then somebody gives a talk. The, the talks for like forty five minutes. It's just about a, a spiritual topic, but they're a little more like okay. every day than they are in church. It's less formal. They'll talk about like motorcycles. I fix motorcycles, and look at this. And let me tell you about the biggest tool that god has given us oh. is the scriptures like it's, it's like my wrench okay. Okay. whatever okay you know okay and gotcha. so they, they do that this so. is different than sunday school yeah it is okay. but, but it's in the middle of the week because we can't let you go a whole right. week yeah. without god <laughs> yeah. so like <laughs> gotcha okay okay so that's a 
Fireside? It was a fireside. Yeah. And so the bishop, the leader of the congregation one time had a fireside and he just says, I just want you to ask any question that you want about the, about the church. And somebody <laughs> asked a great question. They said this, what? this girl named Kara, who is a couple years older than me, semi, she's from a very Mormon family, but she doesn't come that regularly, kind of, kind of edgy, not that much. Okay. 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 She says, she says, and this is in like 1996. This is before gay marriage is on the ballot or anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So gay rights are just like starting to become a little bit mainstream, a little bit. And okay. she says, what if it ever comes out that um, being gay is directly correlated to a specific gene? And so it's like, Ooh. oh, okay. So you're saying that what happens if people are actually born it's gay? It's not a matter of choice. Yes. That's yeah. What you yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. yeah. I'll t- uh, and so it's like, wow, that's a that's very, very good question. Yeah. And the bishop, one second. <laughs> it's okay. We're off the rails. I'm, I've decided we're not doing the uh, <laughs> the narrative episode. So I'm I'm smoking and that's what Brandon's catching up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Do you need more water? Uh, I should get you more water. <coughs> Big hit. Very good question for 1996, okay. by the oh way. Which I, I feel like most most comedy revolved around. <laughs> You're gay. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah. the, the idea that in the 19, mid 90s she was. That's uh, a good. That's a good way of framing that question. So it like, is a great way uh-huh. of framing it. And you know and what the bishop said? I'm, dying. I'm like, so how is he going to answer this? I'm this dying. is so hard. And he says, he says this. He says, they're not going to find a gene directly related to sexuality or people's yeah sexual okay. preference. He said that. Just shut he it says down. That it's just like, yeah, so it's not going to happen. Have I ever told you what I was told? About? What were you told? Okay, so I'm I'm queer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told that not only is it a choice, but it's a it's a disease. <laughs> Um, and how, not old, o- how old were you? Uh, <laughs> I was uh, probably 11 or 12. Anyway, there's a long... Well, I'll, I'll get back to it. Anyway, the, the long and short of it is homosexuality is a sin disease. So it is a it is a disease you contract because um uh, and this is hilarious because of the articles of faith, <laughs> but it is a sin you it is a it is a sin disease that you contract as a young child usually because of the sins of your your the people around you mm-hmm. because they're immoral, mm. and so the 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 way it represented itself in me was I was a I was an eleven or twelve year old boy who liked to masturbate, mm. <laughs> and so this is a symptom of your disease is what I was told, and if you don't if you don't quash this right now, this symptom will like any disease progress and like a cancer inside you will eventually evolve into homosexuality. If you masturbate too much, you'll become gay. And if you if you start to make choices like that and you become gay, eventually, and this is like the worst case scenario, you'll become a pedophile. And like, so I was being scared out of masturbating mm. with the threat of being gay or becoming a pedophile. And then when I was like 14 or 15 and I started to realize that like, you know, I, I am a kind of, I'm attracted to fucking kind of everybody. <laughs> like it's it's not really I, I i find that people's genitals are kind of like a secondary thing to my attraction to them mm. was the thing mm-hmm. that i was noticing mm-hmm. it's just like i think boys are pretty too and i kind of think like transgender people are really pretty too like but i don't care what's going anyway th- th- instead of being told like you know god has blessed you to fall in love with anyone 
which mm-hmm. is an angle you could have taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God has blessed you with the ability to fall in love with anyone. Instead, I was told, this is the sin disease because it was my same bishop and he had talked to me for years about this. Oh, <laughs> was correlated like, to Yes. My, my bishop was like, hey, uh, so this is the disease getting worse. And um, if we don't stop this right now, like you'll be a pedophile by the time you're 20. Oh. <laughs> so it's uh, it's I'm, I'm it, curious. It, it's like very regional and everybody's yeah. experience is different which is what i find fascinating yeah. about mormonism yeah but like it, it, it definitely there is an institute like racism there's an institutionalized genderizing of everything and in because of that nobody can be gay because the there's the celestial marriage it has to be a boy and it has to be a girl there can't be any ifs ands or buts about that you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there, I I don't talk about it as much as the racism, but hand in hand with that is the anti-LGBTQ things. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's like, I don't know how, I, I'm curious, because I've been out of the church six six years or so, and I think, I think that there's been some sort of evolution of how the church views it. And I'm not saying that it's, like, it's acceptable now. What I'm saying within the church, what I'm curious about is what does the average 18 year old think about it in the church right now i i had a brief stint where i tried doing twitter and like uh, like uh what's the other one reddit mm-hmm. and i tried social i quit social media a long time ago yeah. just because i i can't but i tried doing it for the podcast and just like the book and like trying to advocate for this theory and whatnot and um you run across <laughs> like really sweet kind-hearted advocates inside the church who's like i'm a gay kid and i'm going to byu and like we can make this work yeah and i totally support those kids um but there's a few of them that i i pointedly like like when they post something that was like kind of obviously maybe needs to be reflected on a bit more um i would just like i there was a few times where I, i like hey have you ever thought about this and like if you're paying your tithing like, I, I, I appreciate that you're an advocate, but, like, if you're paying your tithing as a gay man, you or, like, whatever the case may be, yeah. you are inherently supporting this institutionalized yeah. system. <clears throat> yeah. And when you have quotes like blah, 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 blah from people just today, it's like, how, I'm, I, like, where... Uh, not even from a place like of aggression, but just like, how do you show, like, I'm trying <laughs> to know. understand how you, I'm queer. So like, how do you come to terms with that? And inherently the conversation ends and I usually get blocked just for like, even trying to have the conversation. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm very out of touch and I'm probably not the best person at like communicating all of that. But I, I, I mean, it's, it's, about it's a this, hard conversation I, and I don't know. I, uh, have you watched the God makers? No. Oh, you should watch that. Have you watched The God Makers? No, but you you mentioned it before. Okay, okay. So The God Makers was like semi documentary, semi like sixty minutes type independently made movie exposing Mormonism. Oh, okay. And it was it was made in like yeah the late seventies. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and it's uh it's really interesting in that it it shows. Um, two lawyers talking to two other lawyers and they're talking about like the one one of the 
a guy on one of the teams of lawyers is saying, I'm going to sue the Mormon church because of all these things that they did in the past. Okay. And the the, the, pe- the other two lawyers are like, what are you talking about? You're going to sue the Mormons. They're so nice. They're such good people. <laughs> like, I've yeah. got a co-worker that's Mormon. You can't sue the Mormons. And he's like, well, let me tell you about the Mormon church. Okay. And he starts talking about the Mormon church. I thought it was going to be this, like, super born-again Bible like showing the Bible is the only book that's good and the Book of Mormon is of the devil. And I thought that that's how deep the arguments would go. Mm -hmm. And it went way into the psychology of Mormonism and like why Mormonism is so hurtful to people. And it goes like deeply into it. And it's like hard to watch because it's like, wow, like they're spot on with all that they're saying. And I thought this was going to be like super low intellectual. And it was like super psychological how they were showing well, you what the church does four lawyers sitting at a table <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i was shocked that they even had that set up you know like, that's like, fascinating yeah yeah and then they have then they have this cartoon in the middle that looks kind of like he-man from the 80s oh gosh and it and it goes through it it talks about the mormon plan of salvation <gasps> they call that's it. where that's from mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. my god no i've seen the cartoons yeah i've shown you the cartoons the weird yeah. racist cartoon where the everybody's yeah oh my god that's where that's from mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay and and, the, and so I what had it a does... bootleg so as a twelve year old kid or no I was uh, fourteen a friend of mine handed me a bootlegged copy of that I th- that was nothing the but cartoon. the cartoon section of that you, you, a Mormon friend yeah but he was <laughs> because because I was asking too many questions and I got I got oh. kicked out I got kicked out of a, a class and he he came up to me and was like. Don't tell anybody I gave you this, and you need to give it back to me. <laughs> but I made this for people like you, and he had, and it was just it was like a one of those like six hour blank VHS tapes that he had. You had somebody that did that to you when yeah, you were young. That's yeah, yeah, so I, nice. One of like three people <laughs> that, was, that, that did something like that. But yeah, um, no, that's I. We sometime we all need to like watch, sit down and watch that. I would love. Uh, to. I mean, yeah, you gotta watch it. It's it's really it's it's good, but it also also like made me frustrated. And, and my partner and we had this like we had like a multi day de- not debate. I don't know what the word is. We were playing lawyers too. Mm-hmm. That's what we were doing and like going back and forth on our interpretations of the documentary, and um, like a few things about it. One is that cartoon in the middle. They talk about the plan of salvation with Mormonism, the beginning to the end. And it tells it in a way that if you connect all the dots in Mormonism, they would never report the story to you this way. They would never tell it to you like that. But if they told it to you as it's quoted from different people through church history, the random quotes that you hear, Mm -hmm. this is the story. And so it talks about things, super racist things that are embedded into the church. This is why people get when I when I say Mormons believe in an Aryan heaven where it's full of white people, Mormons get super pissed at me because they don't ever think <laughs> about the logical conclusions of their own arguments. But that, like he said, like it just kind of lays it out as a lawyer. Like this, no, this is the logical conclusion of what you are saying, and most Mormons would die before telling you that everyone in heaven is white. But they believe. But that's what their that's what their religion I mean, that's it, it's the a, logical conclusion of their faith that's what the they story would, says they would never say it but like mm-hmm. one thing that's very similar to this that they would say is that they're like um well polygamy is practiced in the afterlife 
Yes. And it's like, yes. they would say that, but they backed away from polygamy officially in mm-hmm. 1890. Mm-hmm. And so, like... They can't publicly sanction it, but it's still kind of quietly but, okay because the guy who founded it did it a lot. But we're, like, <laughs> kind, we're okay with it to the degree that we'll say that, yeah, you're married in the afterlife to multiple women. Mm-hmm. If you're a man, that's possible. And but they, There's actually they, a standing uh, general authority right now who's married to two women in the in the afterlife. It's quiet because his first wife died, right. remarried, right. and it's whatever. But he is sealed to both women. Yeah. The first woman died, so and this is where it gets fucked up. It says in the in the doctrine and covenants, if in the afterlife the the first wife meets her second wife and is like, "Yo, what the fuck? Not okay with this," she gets kicked into spirit prison, <laughs> maybe even outer darkness. So if you're a second or third or fourth wife, you want someone baptizing you afterwards? Well, <laughs> oh God. this is where it gets weird. This is where it when gets you try weird. To jump through hoops and it's like, that's a very logical question. But then a Mormon would never be able to answer that because it's like, well, can you be demoted from spirit, from the spirit? Spirit yes. paradise to spirit prison? Can you be demoted and in that? I, would, I don't and know. And I would say yes, because actually if we point to John D. Lee, the perpetrator of the Mountain Meadows Massacre, he was told by his surrogate father, Brigham Young, that if you go perpetrate this and you go take the heat from me and you get hung, I'm going to tell everyone that you're excommunicated because I got to make myself look good. But after you're dead, I'm going to do all of your work for you. And then you'll get to go to heaven afterwards. So everything will be cool. You're going to die a martyr. You'll be a hero. He said that to him? Yes. That's how he <laughs> got John D. Lee to do that. Yes. I, I've, I've never read into Mountain Meadows Massacre. Oh, okay. I, We're, another tangential rant episode is the Mountain Meadows. Okay. Probably a two, three part yeah, that's I, I need to look into a book. I mean, we've talked about this, but like I completely lose interest in Mormonism once they go to Utah. Like yeah, Utah really is boring. so boring. And it's Brigham is just so, boring. so, so racist and so boring and such a businessman. <laughs> like it, Joseph was a fanatic and a believer and a con man. Like at least you can get behind the charisma he had a little possessed. Brigham was just like an accountant <laughs> that was super racist <laughs> and was oh super God. boring yeah it, in like a, in abusive in my opinion in my and it, like oh, it was sounds so yeah it like bloody abusive and like I think I think man like uh what was it there was a my brother was talking about an experience at BYU recently that just uh uh was was so bad there was a Group of, oh yeah, he said this. He said this. Dave Chappelle performed in Salt Lake City recently. What? Okay, Dave Chappelle performed in <laughs> oh, Salt Lake God. City. It's like what? And in, and in um, uh, my brother was reading Reddit after the show to see what people were saying about it, mm-hmm. and people were talking about like how like they were so embarrassed to be at the show because people in the crowd were were just heckling him the whole time, and they're saying "Let's go, Brandon." And like shouting oh, just stupid, God, stupid really? things at him to in, like purposely interrupt him while he yeah. was performing. He cut his show a half hour early. Oh my and so, so like my brother shares this with me and my brother who's still active in the church. He says, he says, I am so embarrassed to live here sometimes because he lives in Utah. And, and I was like, you know what? And I said, I said to my brother, I was high when I wrote this to him. <laughs> But uh, I, I said, I'm being blunt right now. And I'm, I I talk very openly to my brother, but I don't try to convert him out of the church. But this is the biggest conversion move that I've ever done on him. Hmm. And I said, like, I said, I'll be blunt with you right now. Like, uh, 
Utah, modern day Mormonism creates bad people in Utah, in Utah specifically. I think it's different in different places. I'm saying something super harsh right now. I don't usually jump out on a limb on the on this, and maybe we should add this out later. But no, I think I think but, you're speaking to the kind of trauma that you inherently go through. This is exactly what it is, and, and you're was, damaged after that's having what it gone is. through and this. I don't want to like condemn the people in Utah, but mm -hmm. I am pretty close to them, and it's like hard for me to say this, but it's like. Like Mormon men in Utah are like inherit this abusive Mormonism, this patriarchal Mormonism that's been passed on for generations where Inherently they think toxic and they are superior and, to yeah. everyone. They think they're superior to everyone. They speak in a language that's it's us against the world. Europe church on record that has whatever 16 million people there's no way you have 16 million people attending your church every week you've got maybe four or five million on the planet on the planet okay we're talking a planet of nearly eight billion people and you talk about us versus them yeah <laughs> like you're you're not us versus them and you have this superior superiority complex where it's like one of the greatest comedians of all time perhaps the best comedian of all time decides to set foot in your racist city <laughs> It well, takes stage. Well, well, I I will I will say, perhaps he saw an audience that was as transphobic as he is, <laughs> <laughs> and was I I I I do love I, I I as much as I like Dave Chappelle's earlier work, I do have to say, as a comedian who is also a successful businessman, maybe he saw an audience that would allow him to be transphobic. Okay, okay, I can see that. And I want to go off on that in a minute. Maybe didn't anticipate how fucking nuts the audience. Oh, is. that's uh, totally, I, that for totally, sure. totally. That's just how I so, read that. But. I mean, and that's. That's what I told. Okay, so that this is what I told my brother is that like yeah, I I Utah produces really bad males. Mormon modern Mormonism in Utah produces bad males because they've grown up in this. They've been told over and over and over that they're the best. They're the best. They're the best. They're the best to the point that they think they can ridicule Dave Chappelle on stage. Yeah, and and it's like and. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I I paid to go to a show. Yeah. That uh huh. I'm, uh huh. Just, yeah. The, that no, no, that yeah. just that's, does not make any an, sense. It's an and it's like, step. okay, here's something a Mormon could say to that. They're like, oh, there weren't that many Mormons in the crowd, or maybe the Mormons that were the people that had left the church. And it's like, it doesn't matter if they weren't Mormon or they've left the church. They still grow up in the environment where all of that just seeps out of the people. It just seeps out of the people. The thing that uh, I had, I've only been to uh, Salt Lake a few times. The last time I went was in 2017 to do the Sunstone thing um, with Bryce. Uh, and the thing that bothered me the most, we did it in the summer and it's like 90 degrees outside. Um, you are sitting in what should be an, uh, it's, it used to be a Native American uh, <laughs> occupied site. Um so the, th the two things that I noticed was there's these giant opulent palaces that the Mormons have built, most of which have fucking gardens on the rooftops, which, you know, makes all the sense in the world in a desert. That makes sense, right? Um, these buildings are unoccupied 90% of the year. Um, and when you look around, there is a huge homeless population and the majority of which are are what appear to be uh from native heritage <laughs> and so there is just the the stark what the fuck is happening in this city um i the last time i went in 2017 i, I made a pointed decision of like i don't think i'm ever coming back here. oh man 
Man, it's like, look, again, I've been out in the church for a while. I haven't lived in Utah for like 12 years. I went to college there, but I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't spent that much time in Utah. So maybe my points don't make sense, but I know a lot of people (laughs) from Utah. (laughs) And so, and I went to BYU. So anyway, um, oh yeah, I mean, you know about like the whole mall thing, you know, all this mall stuff. Okay, (laughs) so. Dead bodies in the I don't know about dead bodies. What are you? Tony what are you referring to? What about I, mean, the... I, 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 I can't even remember the the, the the creek, whatever it is, creek, the 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 mall that's right next to the church that was like a billion dollars to make. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they built that mall over land because there were so many homeless people over there. They wanted to turn it into something nice, and so they mm-hmm. like purchased the land and put what did they put on it? An edifice to sell <laughs> sell their the their capitalist yeah. model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did the church build the mall? Yeah, the yes. church built the mall. They, they spent, yeah. Like we don't want to look at this. Let's It's it's so let's find a uh, nice oh it's like, good shopping center for you. But it's like <laughs> it's not just that. It's like Jimmy Choo. It's like the most expensive shoes that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiffany's, okay. all these and like super high end designer and things. And all owned by more The whole point of building it was like like we're going to build this giant mall. Oh. It's going to be owned by Mormons, oh, ran gosh. by Mormons, like and so yes. all of that money because those people pay ten hey, percent, yep. <laughs> all that money's gonna trickle down economics. Let's call it. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, 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 yeah. It's very clever. Oh. Yes, culty clever. One might call it. Um, I. <laughs> sorry, I didn't oh. mean that. What got us on that? We, I don't this know. is the we best real... tangential rant we've ever had. <laughs> this, this is wait, the wait, most wait. tangential. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the temple. And, yeah, yeah. And well, we only we got started, as far no, as no, 12 no. years we old. We started out talking about polygamy. <laughs> we, we went down several uh, like shoots and ladders paths that brought us here. Um. <laughs> I never even got to find out what happens after you're 12. Oh, yeah. You oh, can God, get there. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, we we could go through all sorts of things. Okay, I'm gonna give you the basic of yeah, it, give and me then the basic we, I, okay, I, I can start talking. Interrupt me. Yeah. Talk questions. Oh my god, I get stuff, to play okay? this part. Okay, yeah. all right. So, I mean, I'll I'll like talk a little bit about my personal experience, but then talk about like what generally happens in the temple. But like, I went to the temple a week before my mission. You have to go through the temple before you go on your mission. So that's like a requirement. To... I thought you guys always were at the temple. Okay, so oh, oh, I guess see that. Okay, so there's okay, so when you're 12, you do baptisms. Yeah. When you're right before your mission or right before you're married, you get you go through the endowment ceremony. And this is 18. This is 18, 19, okay. 18 to to like 24. Endowment. Okay. Endowment. Yeah. Okay. And so this is where you get your your sacred underwear. Oh, the one yeah. that I accidentally put on. <laughs> what'd, you get, what'd you find? Underwear. Oh god! Find Long story. We can't. My grandma threw on a white t-shirt, and I was like, "There's like these kinky little white X's on the nipple." <laughs> my grandparents. My, I was at my grandparents' house, and they gave me what they thought was a bag of my old clothes. And so I looked in it and I saw a bunch of white t-shirts and I used to go to church all the time where you have to wear a white t-shirt with your white shirt and all this stuff. So I was like, oh, this is a bunch of my old white t-shirts. And I was like, cool, whatever. And I was with a bunch of other stuff that was definitely my clothes. Yeah. So I brought them, I brought them back. I washed them. I put them in my thing and, and she, work. and she came in to like steal one of my t-shirts and I, you can finish the work. Yeah. And he's, he's just like, where did you get that? And I was like, I don't. It's yours. Like, it's just a white shirt. Like, why you look so like? Sh- he looked shocked. Like, he looked. He went like kind of white, and he was just like, "You're not supposed to be wearing that." And I'm like, 
Ooh. Like, like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be wearing it. It's got X's. What's this, what's going on? He's like, no, really. Like, this would probably people would probably be really upset right now. I just, I was like, uh, what, what? We didn't, wait, we what? didn't. I didn't stop you from wearing it. <laughs> no, we went on with we went on with we went on with our business afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, take it off. Get it off. Get it, get it off. Get it off. <laughs> you, you're, you're supposed to, or I mean, people don't do it, but in your, it's a secret thing. It's a secret thing, but like, you're supposed to cut out the symbols on the garments yeah. when you throw them you're away. Supposed burn, you're, I, supposed my, burn you're supposed them. to burn. You're supposed to burn them. Yeah. Yeah, I never burned them. My family, we we we, we cut them out. So you you cut holes in the little white yeah. X nipples. Okay, so so I I was never taught to do it. I okay. only heard it from other people that you're supposed to do it. You're not taught you're supposed to do it. So like when I'd have it, I take it and then I cut the little thing out of the nipples and then your belly button. The, the little V thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You this cut, is it, this is the thing I try and drive home all the time. Mormons are still from their birth to today inherently folk magicians. That is that is <laughs> yeah. like you said. There's no doctrine for that. There's no nothing anywhere that says that's what you have to do. You cut it off. You cut it. You cut it off. So you're supposed to burn it. I don't know how you burn it. You make a little fire in your backyard, so or the, you do the it on the stove. You like what do you? You cut out the pieces, and, and so and you burn those pieces, you, not the yes, whole shirt. Yes. And then and then what I would do, I'd take those pieces, I cut them real small. Okay, like a okay. credit card. You're yeah. Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You can't put it back together. <laughs> that's what I do. And then and then, then I have card. this thing, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to throw this undershirt in the garbage and have somebody potentially find it and be like, what's going on? Why yeah. do they have the nipples cut out and the belly sure. button? Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't want that. So I just like put my hands in the nipple and I tear it. Oh, okay. And so that's what I do. And it's like really satisfying too. <laughs> I that's can like, see that. Do you kids say the word satisfying all the time? Okay, could, like, oh, that's so satisfying. Like, because they have these videos on YouTube. They're oh, like, kids, so satisfying no. I thought you meant oh. you kids, like, like, like us, but no, no. No, our kids don't say that. They, no. they have these videos. It's like two hours of satisfying things, and it's like just a like a big old like thing of clay coming out of a machine oh, that's yeah. cut perfectly. Yeah. And, okay. and you see like or yeah, licorice being made or whatever. My daughters watch those videos, and they always say now like, "Oh, that's so satisfying." <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, so tearing your temple clothes like Hulk Hogan. Okay. Everybody's wanted to do that. Be Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and tear the plastic yeah. shirt for sure. You know, I always wondered if he sweats that much. Is it gonna like melt against his body? <laughs> but he's always so sweaty. So, so anyway, uh, so uh, to the symbols. I'm just, I'm, okay, to the symbols. It just like you... continues to just get, get crazier. Weirder. Right. Like, I was like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do with the shirt? Like, okay, that I was okay. never supposed to wear. And and so you can also once the symbols are cut out, you can use them as rags because they don't have any meaning anymore. They don't have their power. Lost they don't have their power. Gotcha. And so you, people like literally wash the windows with their old garments. Oh yep. Yeah. Do you yeah. Know, um, and I, I so like oh god. Do Do you know what the 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 history behind the symbols and what they originally meant and what they were supposed to remind you of? Okay. Versus okay. like what you're told today this is the thing i'm interested in okay okay i read this i believe for the first time uh like a month or two ago and there's something that's in the ceremony i don't know if it's in there today because last time i went was like seven years ago but like um where it was written by david o mckay where he breaks down what all the symbols mean it was done in some iteration of the temple when it changed but then Brigham Young used to lecture at the veil and he'd tell you what the symbols mm-hmm. meant. That's and, what I, yeah. And, I'm familiar with the Brigham ones. And, and then I read something about, um, 
I read something, some other history, historical thing that I haven't, that I can't remember right now. Anyway, what would you, what do you know about Brigham? I don't know much about that, other than he would lecture at the veil and tell you things like what the symbols mean. Well, so the symbols have a meaning, but essentially during your temple ceremony, before you're given like the the super secrets of Mormonism, uh, much like Scientologists being told about Xenu, um, <laughs> you are you are you you have to give a like a uh, an oath of of death or a, a a death oath where like if I reveal these secrets that I'm about to be told in the temple. Like and you pantomime having your throat cut and your your bowels uh, opened up and like you you even say something I can't remember but it was like my bowels will be strewn on the ground and the birds will feast on it and you're just but you're like you're like straight up if I do this like you all the ultimate pinky swear you, motherfucker. <laughs> you have the right to cut my throat but you're giving consent to have these people cut your throat if you reveal their secrets which is why it's so like they people had their throats cut over the shit. Um, and the temple garments, whatever the meaning of those symbols, had their own like separate symbols. But the idea was, especially over the belly, was to remind you all day, every day, that yes, you have you have this spiritual armor, but also we can cut your fucking belly open and don't ever, ever reveal these secrets. So the secrets will guard you on each breast, your your nipples, your left and right, where you're like your protection symbols. And the, what I'm familiar with Brickham saying <laughs> is that the one on the belly is to remind you your fucking place is kind of thing. Like, we will kill Man. you if you do. This. I like it's because because it, it's it's weird in the temple. Like, I didn't know. Again, okay. there's a lot of quotes and I'm 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 a high and I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me. So don't come at me with like, can you cite that? Like, I'm, I'll okay. go okay. look at Mormon think and like go on your own. But, but the hole. thing is, it's like it's not that is like I have I have I know parts of that. I don't know that whole story. But like knowing Brigham Young a little bit more now, it's like. It is not out of the question that this would be yes. like totally within character for especially for Mormonism at that time. And going back to like this is what what like that culture, that type of mind mentality still is all around yes. in Utah. That's what people have inherited. And it's and it's like it's just it's it's just like a hard environment to be in for, for everybody really. If anyone's interested in a casual fun read I would suggest going and picking up uh, uh, the very first Sherlock Holmes novel called A Study in Scarlet, where the antagonists are uh, a bunch of crazy-ass Utah Mormons that are the avenging angels that are trying to fucking murder the people that are... (laughs) This is written in the 1800s, mind you, when this was... People knew how deadly going to Utah was. <laughs> like, once you go to Utah, you tend to not come back because you're either converted or killed. This was is, a social meme is but, what I'm getting at. This is what is so, like... I mean, we're going all over the place with our conversation, but this okay. is the rantiest of tangent, <laughs> okay. tangential rantiest rants. Rantiest of tangents so, is what this episode will be called. Rantiest of tangents. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's like people are fascinated with Mormonism. They always have been. 
you know, there's been like tell-all books. There's it been... was the Scientology of the 1800s. Yeah, like, yeah. like he is just as crazy and charismatic as Elron Hubbard. The reason why people find Elron Hubbard fascinating is because he created. He he was a science fiction author that made a religion. Joseph Smith was a Christian fan fiction author that made his own. Like he is. That was the Scientology of their time. Like, and it's still as captivating as today for the same reasons that Scientology is. So, okay, so... I'm so, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Not at all, because it's caused all these new thoughts, and I hope I remember the questions. But then I'll, <laughs> if I don't, I'm going to have good ones to replace them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm um, But, like, uh, yeah, yeah, people love Mormons. Like, they always have. And even modern-day Mormons, people still love them because they're so... As as uh, Gordon B. Hinckley would say, a peculiar people, yeah. you know. And so oh, there's there's just something about Mormons that's fascinating. People can't stop looking into them. They have all these offshoots that practice certain things that the the other offshoots used to practice, like polygamy or whatever it is. And it's or, that whole juxtaposition of like, God, they're so fucking weird, but they're so polite. Yeah, I like them. Oh, they're such good workers. Yeah, they never yeah. they never drink. They always come on time. They have really good looking families and all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. And and it's and people love them. And that's what they talk about in the Godmakers at the beginning. And and I was like, where are they going to spin this now? And then like then they spin it to like, let me tell you, like expose it like Scientology. They talk about it very much like Scientology. And then Godmakers, the thing that threw me off with that is that it ended up being a promotion for what was at the time main, considered mainstream Christianity. So it was like kind of... Oh. Okay. And that's why yeah. I didn't ever want to watch the video that much growing up or hearing about it. It's just because it's going to be propaganda for another side. Which is a separate kind of hilarity where like other Christians who believe absolute nonsense too are like, yeah, the Mormons make us look bad. We got to really shut them down. <laughs> see, see, hearing the end of that... For me, would just be like a Twilight Zone episode. It'd be like, oh wait, you're Christians too? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's turtles all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh man, and it's like, um, so yeah, so I didn't know how how to interpret it, and it's like this is really a great analysis of the mind of a Mormon that's going on here. But then there, these people that left the church are saying all these things like very openly. They're like really honest. And at the end they're like, but I'm glad I found true Christianity and I've accepted my Lord and Savior, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm like, I don't, I can't trust this video now. I can't trust what they're saying. It's like a Christopher Nolan movie where you're just like, what the fuck does this even mean now? (laughs) So, this so was bothered. bad and I'm confused. Yeah. And so I didn't know how to interpret it. And, and my partner, she's like going into it, like saying how much she liked it and how it like exposes how hurtful the church is in a very Scientology like way. And I'm like, I don't even know if I can trust anything that they said. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I do yeah. get what you're saying. I do the same thing. <laughs> Wait, so bringing it back to the the garments okay. for, <laughs> so, the, for the... And what was it? Not empowerment. Endowment. 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 Okay. So the endowment. You get your you. You were endowed with your celestial blessings. Is what that you you're, what you. What does were that? Mean? Okay. So oh, what happened? It will happen during the ceremony, but it's really vague, and that's one of the things I didn't get. 
It's like, I'm supposed to get some gift mm-hmm. or whatever. That's what an endowment is. It's like, what's my gift going to be? Right. There isn't like a clear thing. This is your endowment. And they hand you something. Uh-huh. No, there isn't anything like that. So you go it's like. It's not in Canto. You don't get to open a door. No. What, 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 I mean, I mean, yeah. Don't they give you the passcodes to heaven? Mysterious. You get the hand, secret handshake exactly. and the, and and the so, passcodes. This is where you learn the secret handshake? Yeah. This is where you learn the secret handshakes. You learn the passwords, all those things to get into heaven but nobody knows what it means nobody knows like oh does that literally mean literally mean that that i'm gonna hold somebody's hand at the veil and give them passwords and handshakes yeah nobody knows they don't talk about it so you have to kind of figure out your own and hear whispers about it what is this thing that's going on or is it symbolic is it my physical body that's gonna do this am i gonna like rise from the grave in a physical body or am i gonna be a spirit or Mm -hmm. like what is it? I don't know. When I hold this person's hand and go through the veil, yeah. nobody knows. Well, it, everybody claims to know, but again, it's that kind of regional folklore. So, mm-hmm. like, so like, I had cousins in Arizona, and we would argue about things like this, where it's like they were told something totally different. There's no doctrine for it. Nobody's given a revelation, but it's a bunch of Mormons fighting about inside baseball. <laughs> it's like, it's, completely, completely. That's all but it is. I, 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 part of me loves that. I could go into that right now. I oh, could I go know, straight dude. into like, one. Like, I mean, I, I love it. I, I like the torturous mental gymnastics that you do. <laughs> like, it's so painful, but at the same time, like, I can analyze anything so far because I went so far analyzing with Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Trying and- to make justifications for the things you're like, uh, one of the first like religious experiences I had was at EFY. Oh, God, we could have a whole nother. Did you ever go to EFY? I didn't. I, okay. I, I hated EFY without ever going. And I, I never, go. I hated I it and go. never wanted to go, but EFY. I was forced to, um, <laughs> It's like it's called especially kind of it's a week long fireside, and you go at like the BYU campus or a college campus. Okay. Yeah, and and it's called especially for youth, and it's a Christian camp. That's what it is. Same rah rah, same inspirational speakers that come in, playing music. You you chant and sing songs and and get goosebumps, and then you go away with a boyfriend or girlfriend for the first time. Mm -hmm. Oh really? And you're like you start yeah you're like fourteen fifteen. It's kind of naughty. You shouldn't be really hooking up, Mm -hmm. but you can dance with girls for the first yeah. time so it's like and oh, it's gonna have someone putting a bible in between you no no that happens it happens um <laughs> but like so, so i had um and they make you do things like we talked about fasting <laughs> again uh, we have these conversations where i'm like oh i've never talked to you about fast sundays oh you, like, you haven't ever talked about that we, we did this last weekend where i was telling my my kid about yeah. like i didn't get to do things on sunday ever and then like once a month <laughs> they were bitching and then yeah they were something <laughs> Uh, oh, you, you, you! They, I never talk like that. I, actually, I don't think I do. But I think that might be effective. Oh man, or, they, or is it the worst like, thing ever with your kids when you like, talk like that? She was like, "I only get two days to like do my own I think thing." It and shocks I'm... them into like perspective. Do you think so, or do they think, "Man, you're old"? Oh, I think like, I got a bit they, of what that. What do they think? I well, it might help that he's stepdad. So they, you know, he's not. He's he's cool. <laughs> no, I'm not. They do. They have do met, think he's cool. That's, that's a pretty good position. Have you to met be our in. oldest kid? Cool. I, I've yes. seen him in the background on some like Zoom calls or whatever, but I, I don't. I don't know your. I don't yeah, know your no, he is. He doesn't think it, but like you know, me, I'm a bumbling buffoon. But like, I mean, she literally came up to him today and was like. Uh, said my name by accident and i was like what do you want she's like no i'm talking to cody i need some advice i'm like i'll shut the fuck up 
fuck up. Like, Ooh, <laughs> like wow. yeah, so she never listens to that. She like, doesn't like, listen. Are you talking about personal <laughs> advice or advice on like math homework? It was personal, personal advice. advice. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But wow. but he was giving her some perspective because she was like, I'm not sleep. I don't know whatever she was complaining about. He was just like, <laughs> this is what I had to do, and like laid it down for her what his Sunday was like, and I, you know, I don't have it either. So I was just like, well, that sucks. And she was just like. And like walked away. Okay, just maybe made a it's face. not that bad. Maybe it's, oh, not, maybe it's wow. not that bad. Wow, wow. So. Because I feel like my daughter, my older daughter, if I, I think I've done it before, like I've I've done that, but it's not effective because her interpretation is like, <laughs> like, like basically, why does it matter? That's not right now. Oh, that's not. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like that's that. Cool. That's fair. your life story. Nice. Everybody's got a story. Uh, yeah, yeah. My grandma yeah. used to say, "Everybody's got a story." It doesn't mean you get to be an asshole. Yeah. Ah oh, man. <laughs> it, it, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, ah, uh, we that's could a go great off on little that kid for, way of saying a, that. <laughs> that's a that's a good one because I like to philosophically like think and talk about that for a long time. That's one I wrestle with a lot in my head. I wrestle with that one a lot, which is like fate versus choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and your I, choice is not being an asshole. Your fate was like, that's the point of that. It's like fate brought you here. Your choice is, are you going to be an asshole right now about this? You know, like choose to be better than you were How, like, given. Y- y- do you accept 100% that we have the ability to choose? Yes. Oh, I can't. I can't fully accept that. I can't. You have limitations. You have like things that inherently are wired into you to to do certain things, like fight or flight response. But that that does Greg not. Greg Graffin ch- did a really fun book based off of free will. If you ever read it, it's a singer for Bad Religion. Mm. He's constantly diving into uh, free will, basically, mm-hmm. and and discussing it. Is this a thing? Is this real? Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a really short book he has where he debates with a. I think he's Christian, um, but a religious person. And they just, it's just back and forth banter between the two of them, both very respectful on either sides and just discussing that. And like, I don't know. It depends on, I think your view on how that argument ends, honestly. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, but did it help you form an opinion on it? Not like who won the argument. How did it affect you? I, I don't know. I, I've, I've grown into becoming an, uh, from an atheist to an agnostic. I'm just like, I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if you can like, cause I brought this up in a therapy session a few weeks ago about like, we were going off on tangents like we are right now. And ultimately it came down to like, I, I don't even know what this is about. Yeah. Like why, yeah. why, why is this happening? Uh, like, uh, it's just nothing, you know, it's like, it's nothing. And, and then I said, like, <laughs> you can make a good argument that you have no ability mm-hmm. to choose. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he stopped me and he doesn't do this. He doesn't say his beliefs. He doesn't preach. He just like acknowledges what I, what I say, reiterates it, and then may ask another question. But he's like, well, I, be- I believe we have the power to choose. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I didn't like stop him because right. like, but in my mind, I had that reaction. It's like, well, I can't believe he it said is, that. It is, in my opinion, the only thing that distinguishes um, sentient beings from non-sentient beings. So like a- a- you, there are animals who can't make choices like that. They're just hardwired to do the thing like insects. 
<laughs> will just like they're reactive they do one thing like they have a very set parameter for like what their reactions are and then there's things like like elephants who clearly can make choices who clearly like have a a, a a social hierarchy like a social construct like they think of themselves as me and i and you and we and like they're hu- they're just as like human i like we had talked about this non-human the other day people non-human people i mm-hmm. i love the distinction non-human people you're just you, has you he can... said this to you have you heard this or read this before oh i think we talk i don't we talk about something i, rant I, I heard it you know i like dismissed it in my head when he said it i'm like oh that's too like star wars language for me <laughs> and i didn't want to listen to it and then he started explaining and i'm like I'm kind of liking this term. And then by the end, it was like, I really like that term. That's a good one. I think I'm going to try saying that once. But it's, it's, it, that's the thing that like really distinguishes anything from anything else is your ability to choose anything. Your but ability to have your opinion at all I, is I, the thing like, that makes you sentient. But uh, so your, but your ability to have an opinion, but your opinion can be completely the result of fate. Like, why it couldn't it be? It can be, because but it's not always. How can it, but how it, How can it be a mix that some fate and some choice? The exception is not always the rule. Like, it, 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 there's always going to be something that, that does not fit the parameters. <laughs> like, so, like, that's why this conversation will never end anywhere. <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I, I have an opinion about it, but I don't have any belief in it. So, it's, like, it's I'll, like, ar- okay, I'll argue, I like I'll argue okay, about okay, it, okay, but I don't okay. I, I, believe I that. that I'm right. Okay, you, you, so you will not... I, I know this is true in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know there is no, choice. If there's one thing I learned from escaping that cult <laughs> is that I don't know shit about shit. What do you what do you think? What 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 are I, your thoughts? I I have to go with not knowing because my I guess my belief follows nature and like nature has these laws. But it doesn't always follow those laws. Those laws are flexible too. the survival of the fittest. It's like sometimes the fittest dies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. that just fucking happens, mm-hmm. you know, because you were in the wrong place mm-hmm. at the wrong fucking time. So I, I can't say there's one way because the quote air quotes laws of nature. There's it doesn't there's no strict way about there's no it. Absolute yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no absolute. Yeah. Exactly. So I can't say. But, but like, couldn't the law be, like, I know the survival of the fittest is just like the example that's coming to mind, but I feel right. like this could be representative of other things that seem to break the law, but aren't breaking the law. So what if the fittest trips in a hole, breaks its leg, and then a weaker Slowly animal dies. comes and, and hits it? The, well, the law wasn't broken. It stepped in a hole and broke its leg. And so it then became the weakest because of that situation and was, was eaten. And it's like, if, like, taking this to the extreme, if this makes any sense, it's like, I'm following all of these laws right now by leaning this way on this mattress, leaning this way on this mattress, setting my hands in this position, and now I look at this, which causes a certain thought to happen in my mind. None of this would have happened. If I didn't come to your house mistakenly tonight, staying at home. Okay, so it's all part of fate. It's not like all of this just happened, and everything is a result of every previous action. There's no parsing. Okay, so what about what if it's both then? Ah, like, but that's so that's, that's Forrest Gump's answer. What he if says that Forrest as- Gump. <laughs> there's an aspect of fate to your life, like we accidentally, by f- chance of fate, 
ended up like meeting in person face to face. Or it was but just you also an have... accident. I I yeah. I agree. And I feel like it's either or. It's not a mix. Okay. At, but then but then this okay, so as somebody who studies magic, this is what magic is supposed I, yeah, to do. Is exactly. where you're 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 changing the probability of things. You're so you're like putting you're, your okay. energy into it. And that's why um, I can't say no because <laughs> Because I do that. Again, like, I'm I saying there's an argument practice. there. I don't necessarily believe it. Yeah. But I can see where they're coming from when it's like, yeah, but the whole point of magic is to tweak that probability. Yes. Okay. Play with fate. Yes. I can make choices afterwards. My choice is to play with fate, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I, play, but play I can... Play with fate, okay, but, like, by limiting possibilities for other people? Or what yes, is it? they're straight up... That's why you curse people. That's well, why you murder people. That's why you get uh, people out of your way. So, so that's you, why there's there's whole spell books about how to get rid of your enemies. It's just... Isn't... Yeah. But, like... This fascinating, but like that's where, like in my mind, it gets called dark magic because it's affecting other yes, people's ability that's, to that's choose white magic or or uh, in air or quotes, black magic white, or whatever. Or, like there's malevolent versus benevolent. There's the the gracious magic versus the cursing magic. It's all the same shit. Like witches do both. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do. be a witch and do yeah. both. You can be a you can be a good witch and curse people. Yeah, you say. could curse like, someone to stay away from yeah, your family. You're okay. not, which is technically okay. a curse. You might also look at it as an abjuration spell where you're shielding yourself from evil, but it's really a matter of perspective. Okay. Like a curse is <laughs> there's a fine line between a curse and a shield, you know, like in magical perspective. This is okay, and I, I this is like I don't know if it's a breakthrough or whatever you call it, but like something has shifted in my mind the last five or six days they've dealt with this subject and uh it's like <laughs> and it, it was this this idea of like magic is thinking and if you can direct your thoughts a specific way you can assure that certain things will or will not happen but you need to be careful with exactly how you're forming it in your head making account accounting for negative consequences that may happen if your intention is slightly off so you need to word it perfectly to make it happen so there are no ill consequences for other people. But if you purposely make ill consequences for other people, you can do that too. That's so, just the power of your mind. So, right. so apply so. everything apply everything you just said to engineering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the act of engineering is magical. Mm-hmm. You have a thought. Mm-hmm. You, you manifest that thought into reality. You use all of your skill sets given you to do that, and it... Ba- Based on your intention, you can do like the guy who wanted to f- to feed the world and and created nitrogen is the is pr- the reason why we had gas chambers. Like your yeah, intention, yeah. your intention yeah. may not necessarily be what your invention is used for. Much in the same way that magic is, and I would say that like whether or not magic is real, its effect on the world can be seen at times if you have the right idea of like what even magic is. So like. Again, this conversation could lead nowhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all a matter of opinion and belief, which I have no belief in any of it. So it's, but that's like okay. I just so study it, and it's interesting. Ultimately, and, like, like I, f- and you know, I think you're confirming it, and I'm saying this both because I'm I'm high, but also because I'm trying to just like get it strong in my mind and show that I think I'm understanding, and I think that we're on the pa- same page. I, like that, magic is your thoughts. It's yes. like it, it is intention. your thoughts. That's all intention. It, it is intention. Yeah. So, okay. 
you 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 were asking me well, my like where I stand on Joseph the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph making the Book of Mormon was a magical act, no matter how you look at it, whether it was like prophetic, whether it was fucking Christian, whether it was a cult. Like it doesn't matter what your definitions of that. It, like he magic he it is a it is a miracle that he created a book that big in that amount of yeah. time. Like he, he, regardless of my critiques of that book, yeah. He, as somebody who wrote a book for ten years, it's impressive that he wrote it's, a book it's, that it's, fast. Yeah, yeah. It's Assuming like, that he wrote it, that's one thing. Okay, so <laughs> a, a side another side tangent. But the, but the, uh, what I'm saying is like Joseph practiced magic all the time. Yeah. My feelings about that are or my opinions about the malevolence or benevolence of that magic was a, is a different matter entirely but he was a magician uh-huh. that's why i call him the antheomagus and so like on a similar note like all of us are magicians regardless of how we define ourselves i think it's how you define other people whether or not you you think of yourself as a magician you know yeah what I mean? yeah so like this topic has become like really clear to me and i've talked to you the last few times we've talked about damien eccles and he's he's this guy who went to prison when he was 18 uh, convicted of a murder two of his friends went in as well the kid convicted of killing three kids and like brutal murder really 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 bad and these kids were all three of them were into the occult and damien eccles was the leader and people in their small community in missouri said that it like assumed it was them that this was some occult satan activity that they did and there was no evidence to convict them they were just the weird kids in town mm-hmm. and then they went to prison and damien eccles being the leader of the group he he, he was he was on death row at, for doing this thing that supposedly happened when he was 18 now before i watched this documentary i like I like was like, oh, Damien Eccles. He's he. I I don't know about him. He like he's. I know he's into Crowley. I know he's into magic, and he like did some rituals or something to help these rock stars get him out of jail so he could get away with this killing. That's what I thought before. And I watched the documentary, and um, it's like pretty clear. Like he did not commit the murder. Like it's like there. It's like really really clear there's little room at all that, that he could have done this the only way you can think he did this is if it's a satanic ritual that he literally did there's and he was like into rituals mm-hmm. so anyway he got out of prison eventually he did get a bunch of like rock stars eddie vetter and all these people to help him get out of prison johnny depp and um brought awareness to his case they made hbo made a documentary on it, it became which i watched and it became this big deal that a ton of people knew about mm-hmm. And so he st- he he's now out of prison. He got out on this really interesting loophole of a law, and and then he's been he's been out for a few years now. And he's talking on Damien Eccles podcast, um, the Duncan Damien Eccles Duncan Trussell Family Hour. He's he's on that because they're friends, and um, and he's talking about how he got out of prison because he made it happen. He like thought it. You know, it's like. And this was my intention. And he said the words that he said that he just made put into his mind. And he said it in such a like beautiful way, like the best lawyer speak you could ever say to just create this intention that would not harm anyone. And he could get out of prison. It's not going to it's not going to find the killer. It's not going to. It's not going to make the police look bad. I'm not going to make a million dollars and sue or whatever it is. 
I'm just putting this intention out here that gets me out of prison with no ill intent on anybody else. He said, I thought that year before prison, he says the words that he said, and he said, that was what, what I was thinking, that was what I was thinking, and it happened. So again, uh, why Mormons are magic, he, is that any different from, so like when, when I was raised, I was told you got to put in the work. So like you can pray for that new job all you want, but at the end of the day, you got to like fill out applications and like yeah. go do the stuff. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and this is, is there any difference? Because like, I'm sure on top of creating a magical act that sets his intention, he was also <laughs> writing all these people like educating himself like yeah. how to get out of like he yeah. was doing the work yeah. so like and again this is where the the practicality of magic comes in much like the engineer it's cool to like have a fun idea but like unless you um understand mathematics uh, geometry engine like if, unless you know how to be an engineer yeah. you're not going to produce yeah. shit so yeah. like the act of magic is a combination of practicality and intention yeah. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And, and then do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now? Yeah. I get what so, you're and saying. This is, this, and yeah. I think that ties beautifully into the wider like Mormon conversation we're having. Is like they they are inherently magical okay. people, regardless of how they think about themselves, so, because that's everything they do is set intention and then do the work. You 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 are saved after all that you can do. Okay. That's what the Book of Mormon, like a verse in Second Nephi or whatever, teaches. And that went through my head all the time. And I think that has harmed me so much. <laughs> and now I look at it and I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's exactly what you're saying. Where where it's like, you are saved after all that you can do. You know, it's like, you must be perfect. You can never watch a movie for an, or a trailer for an R-rated movie even. You know, and it's like, he, like you, you cannot ever listen to a Tool song. And, and, and like, so it's like all these things that go through my mind that I can't do because I have to be perfect. But when you look at that through a magical lens of like, you are saved after all that you can do. Whatever your intention is, you got to put the work into it too. But the magic is the practice of the intention with the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> we found, we agreed, we found a th- an ending point. I'm only saying that because I just realized how badly I have to pee. <laughs> What's uh, we've been talking for a while, huh? Yeah. Did you have fun? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was a good tangent episode. Was, really was it was it okay? Yes. That was yeah, it was yeah, great. That was really fun. <laughs> I did not expect uh, any of it, but it worked out beautifully. <laughs> it was that uh, combination of doing the work and setting the intent yeah. and then the fate and all that yeah. all that shit we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it, everything. Yeah. Literally everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're also super high. It was great. Yeah.